Well, today we're starting a, a new sermon series entitled Next Steps, and we're going to be looking at who we are as a church and where we're going as a church over the next several weeks. And our scripture reading uh, this morning, we have two, one from uh, the book of Acts, chapter 2, and then our second from Hebrews, chapter 10. So first, from Acts, chapter 2, verse 42 through 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon everyone, because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as had any had need. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. And then from Hebrews chapter 10, verse uh, 23 through 25. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who has promised is faithful. And let us consider how to provoke one another to love and good deeds. Not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. What holds us back? What is it that, that holds you or I back from doing something? You know, what is it that keeps us from, from going for it at times? I, I know for many it's a, it's a combination of of some type of fear, you know, fear of failure. You know, maybe it's the fear of realizing we're really not as good as we hoped we were at something. Uh, maybe it's the fear of, you know, the people around us not supporting us. What holds you back? I, I know for some, it, it's, it's just complacency. We get that way at times. What holds us back is we have this complacency in our life. We're not, we're not intentional about how we're we're living in what we're doing, and, and we just get complacent. And, and we have to understand there's a difference between uh, complacent and contentment. Where contentment is that godly sense of being okay with who we are, with what we've been given by God, with how we're living. That's a godly thing. Where complacency is something different. Complacency is that there could be danger all around us, but we really don't care. Or there might be some deficiency in our character or who we are, but we really aren't active in trying to change it. Some of us have become complacent. What holds you back? I know for, for some, we're just not even aware of the, the gifts and the possibilities that God has given us. Or, or for some, it might be that we've been beaten down so many times that we just like, I don't even want to try. It's not even worth it. Sometimes we don't, we don't trust ourselves or we don't trust other people around us. So we just go on day by day in our day by day world, being held back. What holds you back? Fear, complacency, mistrust, hurt, pain, ignorance, lack of support, lack of intentionality. What holds you back? What keeps you from taking that next step in your life? Whatever that step is. 
It's a question we ask ourselves every now and then, but, but the reality is too often we don't ask ourselves that question. Too often we're so busy in our day-to-day life that we don't take the time to reflect on what God is calling us and where we are in life. We don't take time to talk to God about our purpose. Too often we're just busy trying to get by with the day-by-day that we don't ask God, where are we? Where are we going? Just one day after another, with little thought on if we're actually fulfilling the calling that God has in our life. But children of God, church, it's time for action. It's time for you to take time to actually reflect on the question, on what is holding us back. Children of God, today, you know, I want us to begin looking at what is holding us back. Today is the day for us to take our next step in our journey of faith. Now, many of you, you showed up this morning and you weren't thinking to yourself, what's my next step in my journey of faith? Well, it should be. What is our next step in our journey of faith? I I hope you're ready for that. In fact, I, I hope you're excited about that because I believe that God wants us to take a step of faith for him and his kingdom. Not just individually, but as a, as a church. God, I believe, calls us to move forward. Sometimes we don't know what to do, though, when we move forward. And you see, I think about this question all the time. What is holding us back as a church? What is keeping us from fulfilling our calling as a church? What is our next step that we're supposed to do to take as a body of Christ? That's one of the reasons why uh, our church has been going through the Healthy Church Initiative over the past uh, two or three years. Uh, Healthy Church Initiative, or HCI. And for those of you who are new to Methodism, we love abbreviations as, as Methodists. We, we love HCI, we have UMW, we have UMM, you have UMCOR, we have SPRC. And some of you are thinking to yourself, I have no idea what those abbreviations mean. That's okay. Ask a long-term Methodist. Any long-term Methodist? Yeah, raise your hand. Long- you, you probably know those. Ask one of them. They'll tell you what some of those abbreviations mean, or I can help you out. But, but HCI, Healthy Church Initiative, our church has been a part of that process for a couple years. And, and the reason uh, we've been involved in that, it's, it's, HCI is a process of discernment for us as a church to see where God is leading us to take our next step. And in fact, as part of HCI, I actually have a coach. And I talk to that coach once a month. He's in uh, St. Louis. His name's Ken Willard. And he's a part of that HCI team. And, and I love having a coach. We, we all probably need a coach in our life. You know, a coach is someone that, you know, encourages us, sometimes chews us out, uh, helps us uh, to see if we're on target, asking good questions. And, and that's what my coach does for me. He, he helps me as I try to lead this church to, to ask good questions and help me to see where we're headed. And uh, so I talk to him about once a month. And if you remember, those of you who are here, last October... Through HCI, we had a a consultation team and a discernment team, four people from our conference office, some clergy and lady, and then Ken Willard, our coach. They came together on that weekend, and we had had some great training and fellowship, and they came together, and they gave us a, 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 a prescriptions for where we're headed as a church, prescriptions that will help us as a church to take that next step, to reflect on the things that have held us back and to help us kind of break through to the calling that God has for us. And we've been working on those since last October. And, and they have been a challenge. They've been quite a challenge. In fact, the deadlines that they, that they gave us, I think we've missed almost every one of them. 
We, I have to confess. They've just been tough. But, you know, every time I talk to Ken, our coach, you know, say, we're, we're getting there. We're not quite there. He's like, it's okay. You're, you're still moving forward. That's the important thing. You're, you haven't given up. You know, don't give up. Just keep moving forward. And I think that's important for all of us. We have to keep moving forward individually and as a church. And so the five prescriptions, just to remind you that they gave us. The first one, you remember, it was talking about our discipleship process. We need to be more intentional about our discipleship process what that looks like, how we can be uh, intentional about helping people be disciples. The second uh, prescription had to do with our connections ministry. And connections is connecting new people into the life of our church, how we're doing that well and how we can be uh, more effective in that. The third had to deal with our congregational care, how we can help you to do and us take a, do a better job of taking care of our church members and seeing what we're doing there. Our facilities, specifically uh, signage, and you can see we've done some parking signs for guests out here and on both sides. And, and we're doing some signage and security things. And then the last prescription had to do with long-range planning. We need to be intentional about doing some long-range planning. And as a, a part of that, you might want to mark your calendar now uh, because Ken Willard, our coach, will be coming back to our church on October 22nd to lead us through a long-range planning seminar to help us to see where we are now and help us to even take that next step in our journey of faith. We'll get more information to you about that uh, later on in the month. But I'm excited about where we are as a church and the steps we're taking. And, and we have learned so much through this process since October. And I want to just share with you uh, some of the things, just a, a small piece of what we've learned so far. And, and the things that God has blessed us with. So first, God has blessed us with resources that most churches only dream about having. You know... When you have a lot of things, sometimes you forget you've been blessed until you talk to other people who don't have those things, and you're like, wow, I, we, are, we are blessed beyond measure. And, and our church has been blessed with incredible resources, and for that, we need to use them. We need to be more effective in how we use those and, and to help us. The second thing we've learned, but I already knew this, is that we have an incredible staff. We have been blessed with a staff that we are on the same page. We're both. We're all looking towards the same mission and calling. Uh, we like each other. You know, that's a huge thing that we actually like each other, and that we uh, we want the best for each other, and we want the best for you. And we are called to minister to you and, and to help manage the ministry that you are called to do here in the church. We have a great staff. The third. And this is the consultation team told us this last year, and we have to continually remind ourselves about this because we forget. But they said they were blown away by who we are and what we're doing. They were just amazed. They said, you know, churches of your size, you do so much, and you, you got great things happening. And in fact, uh, when they were giving us those five prescriptions, discern, I mean, discipleship, connections, facilities, congregational care, they, they were saying, you know, we're giving you these prescriptions to do, but you have to understand these are based on strengths. They're not based on your weaknesses. So don't beat yourself up, but be intentional about taking it to that next level. So that was one of the things uh, we have learned through this process. For we have a great mission and a great calling. How are we, though, being intentional about helping you understand that mission and calling? That's what we need to work on. And then the, the newest thing I learned just uh, from our Connections team just a couple of weeks ago, and this is amazing because uh, our Connections team has been studying a lot of different things. They moved our welcome desk uh, around a little bit to help with flow and uh, our traffic patterns, all these things that they've been doing. And we'll be coming to you, in fact, 
uh, to, to ask you to be involved in helping with hospitality and other things here in the near future. But one of the things we learned is that we are averaging five first-time guests a Sunday. Can you believe that? We're averaging five first-time guests a Sunday. That's 260 people a year. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah, there you go. I like that. You can clap in church. It's okay. We can loosen up a little bit there. Yeah. But here's the amazing thing. That's excluding our special Sundays. That's excluding Easter, Mother's Day, Father's Day, and Children's Sunday. So if you take those Sundays out of our year, we're averaging five new people a Sunday. That is amazing. That is incredible. I can't believe it. But here's the thing. There are several things that are holding us back uh, as a church from taking that next step. Uh, And we know that our sanctuary size is is a limiting factor for our first service. It's not for this service yet, but but our service has grown. We're we're averaging over 100 people in this service. And that's not holding us back, but we're looking at some other things. But, But one of the other things is we need to be more intentional about how we're connecting our new guests into the life of the church as well. So that they go from a first-time guest to a second-time guest. So that they feel welcome and at home here. That begins with you helping them be welcoming. You know, I I, I told the the first service, you know, I will be asking them to be more intentional. And I'm asking you to be more intentional also about welcoming new people. And and here's what it starts with. Here's the the thing I want you to do. Watch, Watch this. When you see someone new, do this. Watch, watch. You see that? Let me do it again just so you can check it out. Yeah, there it is. Starts with that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's step one. Smile. And, and then go say hello. Introduce yourself. And say, hey, I haven't had the pleasure of meeting you yet. Or I, I can't remember your name. Can you tell me what your name is? You know, and to do that, you know, they talk about churches that really figure this out. They say, if there's someone within 10 feet of you that you don't know, you should actually go say hi. Introduce yourself. That's simple. Smile, shake a hand, introduce yourself. That's, that's, one of, that's a simple thing. But there's many other things that we need to be intentional about as a church to help us connect people into the life of the church because I believe the church is where people grow, they get healed, they find purpose, they find fellowship, all of those things that make life good. It's something that shouldn't be a secret. It's something we should be sharing with others. See, we have to be intentional. What's holding us back? And, and we know just as, as fear and complacency and mistrust and hurt and pain and ignorance hold us back individually, they can be the same things that hold back a church as well. But I want to remind us again this morning of who we are. Hear this. I want to remind us of who we are. This is important. We are the church of Jesus Christ and the gates of hell will not prevail against us. I don't think you heard me. We are the church of Jesus Christ and the gates of hell will not prevail against us. Amen. That's who we are. That's That's the amazing thing is that we are the redeemed and the redeeming fellowship of disciples of Jesus Christ. We are the children of God, children that have a hope and a future, people that have been saved and are living out our salvation, sharing that with other children that have been gifted and graced 
to transform the world for Jesus Christ. That's who we are. We are the church of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. And God has given us a mission. And this should just, I, I wish for all of us, it would just live right here. It, when we wake up in the morning, we would just say it. We are to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. We are to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. That's our mission. Did you know that was our mission? It's the Methodist Church's mission, but it also it actually comes from the words of Jesus in Matthew 28. What did he say? He said, go and make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. Let's say it together. To make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. That's who we are. And so for us to make disciples of Jesus Christ, we actually have to be disciples, right? So I want us to remind us again of who we are and where we are going. So I want to take you back all the way to the early church, again to the book of Acts, the scripture I read earlier, Acts chapter 2. When Luke wrote Acts, uh, and, and this Acts is talking about the church, the beginning, the birth of the church. And in Acts chapter 2, he's talking about how that early church Function. Now, there were issues with the early church, just like there's issues with every church. But I love this passage. And when it's talking about when they were at their best, it said this. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and of the prayers. All came upon everyone because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. Not just the people here, but all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. What a powerful testimony. Isn't that such a great passage of Scripture? Uh, what the church is and what it should be, devoted to the word and to fellowship and to the teaching, breaking bread together, which we'll do here in a moment, and to the prayers. There was all that came upon the church. When was the last time you were awed? We should be a people that are awed by who God is, by the signs and wonders. They had all things in common. They were commitment and devotion. They spent time in the temple. They were sharing and glad and generous, praising God, having the goodwill of all people, and new people being added day by day. That's who we are. That's what I want for our church. Not showing up saying just another day. No. Showing up and saying this, this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day that God is going to move. This is the day I'm, I'm waiting to receive what kind of awe and wonder. The, the signs that God gives us this day. But what does that mean for you? What does that mean for each of us? And, and for that, I want to turn back to our scripture and to Hebrews. In Hebrews chapter 10, the, the writer of Hebrews, I love the book of Hebrews. It's such a great book. It's almost like a pep rally. It's almost like a coach's uh, pep talk before a big game. It's, it's giving us the history of the church and, and the great things about faith and, and who we are as a people of faith. And then in chapter 10, he says these great words. He says this. He says, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. Isn't that a good word? For he who has promised is what? Faithful. For he who has promised is faithful. And let us consider how to provoke one another. I like that word, provoke one another. Uh, to love and good deeds. Not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some. 
I'm talking to you. You're here today, so you're off the hook. But encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. We have to hold fast. We have to spur one another on. We have to not neglect meeting together. For the day is approaching. Day by day, we must be anticipating the day that is approaching. When, when the author of Hebrews, when he says the day that is approaching, that is that day that we're looking forward to when Jesus comes back from heaven to earth and makes all things right. So when we live our day-by-day life, we should do that in anticipation of that great day. That should change the way we live this day if we have an understanding of that day is coming. What's going to make a difference in our day-by-day life is to constantly be thinking of the day of Jesus' return, to be thinking of our mission and our calling until that great day. So I want to return again to our mission, to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. That is our mission, to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. As I said earlier, you know, if we're going to make disciples, we actually have to be a disciple, right? And what is a disciple? That's a question uh, I'm often asked. And, and if you have been here the last month, not neglecting the meeting together part, we talked about that in the book of James. So let me remind you, a disciple is one who has a proper belief in action to the world. Belief in action. That is a disciple. Someone whose heart and his mind is right with God and also uh, going out to serve and love the world. Belief in action. That's a disciple. So if we're going to make disciples, we actually have to be a disciple first so that we can make disciples for the what? The transformation of the world. How are we doing there on the transformation part? What's holding us back? What's holding us back? And and the way we believe that we have been called to best live out our mission is through our calling statement as a church. And you can see it up here. We are called, we, First United Methodist Church Canyon, to glorify God in worship, to grow in likeness of Jesus, and to give our lives in love of Jesus. It's a simple calling, but it's intentional. And you can see we've actually given you pretty little pictures there too. That was part of our discipleship pathway that we've been working on is been working on how do we do this how are we more intentional what is if we boil it down to just the basics what is the most important thing for us as a church so that you know me I'm a simple person you get too complex I'm going to forget some things so we've made it hopefully fairly simple glorify God in worship grow in likeness of Jesus give our lives in love of Jesus how we do that though is is different for everyone because our discipleship pathway is this, and it is our calling. It is not linear. So if you'll go to the next slide, we've kind of put it in this format, kind of a circular, in that all of those, you you constantly are growing. And it recognizes that disciples grow at different paces and come into the church and into the kingdom in different ways. So some people will come into the kingdom through worship. Some will come in through a, a group or some discipleship. And some will come in through some service project. It doesn't matter how you get in. And, and it doesn't matter where you are in your faith. What is your next step? Where are you growing? How are you being intentional? We want to create kind of a next step culture for our church that we're always asking ourselves individually and as a church, what is our next step? Where am I headed? Am I being intentional? What's holding me back? So I want us to look at this, our calling and our discipleship pathway. It's the same thing. For a moment, 
And I want you to begin asking yourself the question, where am I and where should I be going? You know, we start top left, glorify God and worship. The kind of a, it almost looks like a crown there, that idea that we as a people of God, we have been called to glorify God and worship. We have been called to gather together. We do it on Sunday mornings to worship. That's a part of who we are. That's a part of our discipleship is to actually worship together. And some of you might not be doing a good job with that. And so maybe for you, that's your next step. You need to be more intentional about actually just physically showing up on Sunday morning. That's an easy next step. Maybe that's what you're called to do. For others of you, maybe you're here every Sunday and you've showed up physically, but you're not here. You know what I'm talking about, right? You students know what I'm talking about. Those of you who studied, you're reading your textbook, you're physically reading the words on the page. By the end of the page, you're like, I have no clue what I've just read. Yeah? You've been there? Oh, yeah. Thank you. Preach. I'm preaching to you. Yeah. So it's, it's not just I'm here physically, but I'm actually here. My, I, my spirit is engaged. I'm, I'm showing up this day saying, oh, this is the day the Lord has made. I, I'm excited about where God is moving in my life, about how I can interact, how I can be a part of the kingdom here on Sunday morning, not just showing up and saying, where's the coffee? No, no, no. Showing up saying, where's God? Where, where, where am I with God here this morning? Where, where's God going to move? Maybe that's your next step. I don't know. Uh, the second one, top right, growing in likeness of Jesus. You know, as Methodists, we believe that the best way that you're going to grow into a disciple of Jesus is to be involved in some type of group. We call all of our groups grow groups, whether it's Sunday school or some other group that meets Wednesday night or another night. It doesn't matter. We want you connected to a group because we believe in a small group, that's where you're going to create friendships, lasting friendships, where you're going to have accountability, where you're going to have a fellowship, uh, where you're going to have fun together, where you're going to live life together. And, and so maybe for you, you're not in a group Maybe that's your next step, to get plugged into a group. We'll be having sign-ups for our groups that will be starting in the fall here by the end of the month. So maybe that's your next step. In fact, it's our goal that everyone who is here is in a group. We don't care what group you're in. We want you in a group, though, because that's the best way we believe you're going to be growing in discipleship. Now, some of you might be saying, hey, I'm, I'm showing up to church. I'm, I'm in a group but I'm still not growing the way I should be. Maybe, maybe for some of you, you, you have neglected reading Scripture. Or maybe some of you have uh, neglected in praying, and you need help there. Well, have I got a deal for you? You know, every year we put together a Bible reading guide, and we did one at the beginning of the year. And many of you took those guides, they were blue for this year, and you've been following along in your, in your Scripture reading and prayers. But for some of you, I know how it is. I get there too. We might neglect it. And we've put it off, and we need to start again. Today's the day to start again. We have some Bible and prayer guides. I think some are on the piano in the parlor. But this one starts August 23rd. It gives you a couple weeks to kind of get yourself ready. And from August 23rd to the end of the year, if you read three chapters every day, you'll read all the New Testament and Psalms by the end of the year. Maybe that's your next step. And if you're wondering about praying... We actually have daily prayer intercession on this front page. There you can pray for the church. And maybe that will lead you in the, your next step of prayer. Maybe that's your next step. I don't know. The third one, that bottom one, give your life in love of Jesus. That's that idea of serving. We serve. We give our lives away, not because of obligation, but because we love Jesus. 
And because we love Jesus and we want to be his disciple, we do the things that Jesus did. And what did he do? He gave his life away to others. And so we are called to give our lives away, to to give our lives in love of Jesus. And that's serving. Maybe maybe it's serving inside the church or serving outside the church. Maybe that giving part is actually... See if I have any of this. I don't know if I have any. Oh, here are some. Maybe it's this. Maybe I need to be more intentional about my actual giving of these green thing, pieces of paper to the kingdom of God. Funding the kingdom of God. Maybe that's my next step. I don't know. What is it? What is it in your life? What's holding you back? Where is God calling you to stretch your faith? So as we come here in just a moment to take communion, I want you to begin thinking about that. And here's what I'm trusting You might not know exactly where you're supposed to do next in your step of faith, but I believe that God takes any small step we take and will work with that. And so we have these little pieces of paper up here on the altar. And they say this, what is your next step? And they have three lines. Maybe you're already thinking, my next step is is I need to be more intentional about glorifying God in worship. And so you might check that. I need to be more intentional about worship, whatever it is. Maybe you don't even know for sure what that is. Or or my next step, I need to be more intentional in my discipleship and grow in the likeness of Jesus. I don't know what exactly that means for me, but I just have this sense from God that that's where I need to check. Or maybe that that last box, give my life and love of Jesus and how I serve or fund the kingdom. Maybe that's where I need to be uh, taking another step of faith. I don't know what it means and where I'm going to serve, but I'm just going to trust that if I, I check that, that God will help lead me into that. And then we have a place for your name. Yeah, I'm, I'm... I want you to put your name on it. Actually make it real. Because if we don't sign it, typically we won't do it. But here's what we're going to do is after you fill that out, there's a silver basket. One right over there, see it? And one right over there, see it? You'll just place it in the basket. And we as a staff, we're going to be praying over these for you. And for some of you, you might need extra help. You might say, you know, I checked giving my life and love of Jesus, but I don't know what that means for me, my next step, what, what, what options or opportunities there are. Well, we're here to help serve you. Make an appointment. I'd love to sit down with you over coffee, talk about it. Roman would love to sit down with you. Charlie, Kim, any of our staff would love to sit down and help you discern where you're going. What's holding you back? And then finally, as we take communion, also often we take a communion offering and this morning our communion offering is actually going to go to our children's ministry and specifically to our club 56 club 56 is for our fifth and sixth graders part of our hci discernment was that we had our uh, children's ministry kind of spread out all over the building we had some of them down here and some of them down there and they said you know what you really should take your k kindergarten through sixth grade and put them all in the same area so over the summer that's what we've been doing is moving rooms around and so now all our k through sixth graders they're right there up there, second floor, right behind the sanctuary. And we've been redoing rooms and helping them be fun for the kids and hoping to buy some games and some fun things for them. We've been installing carpet, paint, all these things. And so the offering uh, for the communion rail will go to help that, the fifth and sixth graders, uh, this morning. So I hope you'll give for that. 